we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Northern Power Women podcast. I'm Sam Walker. She is Simone Roche. We are here with you every single week talking about life, career, jigsaw puzzles, Zoom, and just about everything in between, really, aren't we? We've got the whole world covered here during this nonsensical pandemic. There's no such thing as nonsensical because you know what? The sun is out. We've had a continued just array of blue skies and I'm happy as Larry so but yes we'll talk about all that but I'm starting with the sunshine and it's amazing. (laughs) Do you know what though Simone when I was a kid my mum always used to say to me do you know how to make it rain? Wash your car. You know I tried to explain this to American the other day the humour of someone from Britain going make it rain you wash your car because if you if you if it's been sunny for ages and you go oh I'm gonna wash the car make it look nice the second you wash that car the second you finish off the wax on the bonnet the heavens will open and ruin all your hard work. Now, this doesn't make sense for a lot of Americans because they're like, when I'd put it in the garage. And I'm like, because growing up, we didn't have garages in England when you lived in a terrace. What are you talking about? So, I mean, a lot of people didn't have them. But um, yeah, so be careful because we do record this podcast a couple of days before publication. So I hope you've not, you know, nobbled it now. Oh, no, I hope not. Do you know what? You talk about car washes. There is something quite surreal around you go to the, you to fill up with petrol, which obviously you, we're not doing very often either, but there no. is always a full-on double tailback for the car wash. I don't understand why in a pandemic, <laughs> when, we're, you know, when, you know, when people haven't been going anywhere, I know we're coming out of lockdown. Yeah, always a double back queue for the car wash. Why is that? Hmm, discuss. That's what children are for as well. Surely, mind you, my girls did wash my car last week. Forget it. You couldn't actually see out the windscreen. They just smeared the dirt around, (laughs) walked away and went, I want $5. No, you'll have to wait. Um, So look, there's been, uh, well, it hasn't happened this week. Well, it's happening this week. A big sort of... uh, Experiment is the wrong word. That sounds too risky, but a big fact-finding mission into events, right? And you are at the heart of this. So can you explain, please, what is going on and what you're doing? Yeah, it's it's part of the government's events research programme. And Liverpool has been chosen as one of the pilot cities. And there's a number of events that are taking place in the city. There is a circus, uh, there is a comedy show, and then there is the business event. So this Wednesday, there's going to be a thousand people at the ACC, the Arena Convention Centre in Liverpool. You know, and it's been run with the university. So it is very much a research and you can only attend if you are a resident of the Liverpool City region. Okay, so there's loads of people. I'd love to come. I'd love to come. This is the, you know, and you've had to fill in that. How do you feel about it? Are you nervous? Do you think this might happen? So it's it's really Mm. sort of uh, asking you for your your feelings, if you like, You, you know, what do you feel about it? But there's going to be no socially distancing. It's under carefully controlled medical supervision 
uh, supervision, we've got to be tested the day before. No right. face coverings. Wow. Um, so, okay. yeah, it's going to be a very, very... However, you know, caveat... If you do not feel that you, you know, you want to go sort of uh, bare face, so to speak, you know, it's totally up to you. But this is, this is, as I say, it's, it's part of this study to, um, you know, to look at how the events industry can come back. Events, mm. culture, sport, it's such a massive part, isn't it, of, of who we are, not just in the UK, but globally. So this is all about looking out about how important, it's really sort of highlighting that how crucial, you know, so whether it be sporting uh, events to theatres, live music, it's how it, how these things could operate this summer. I was a bit like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, ooh. And myself, yeah, how and, you do know, you feel? How do you feel about it? Well, interesting enough, I've now been asked to speak uh, been asked to speak on, uh, on, a, on a panel right at the start. Mm. It's it's a short event. It's but it's still two two and a bit hours. So it's still longer than you can probably sit on an outside table in a pub garden. I suppose at the moment, I probably feel a bit more reassured maybe because I've sat on a stage maybe on the panel. But mm. um, I think you know it's 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 been very sensitively put out that if you don't feel comfortable at any point, then you can you can leave. You know, you think of how close we get to people in supermarkets markets you know yes. you think of how so I think if I would not have done this uh before Christmas I wouldn't oh have done gosch, this no. Ch- the world's yeah. changing uh, so often though isn't it so rapidly. yeah I, I wouldn't have not you know but I I don't know I feel kind of quite proud slash you know sort of apprehensive I suppose in mm. the same in the same thing but yeah there was a there, there was a, a dinner event I think before Christmas and I, and I thought oh gosh I, I wouldn't have felt there but yeah I actually yeah, I feel like it's being properly handled and, you know, the, the, the testing, the more testing. You know. It sounds kind of like laboratory conditions. It's not like here where, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the governor, Doug Ducey, actually banned mask mandates. And you might think that's a funny way around of doing things. But he said, he said kind of last year that, he wasn't ever going to put a mask mandate out. So he's kind of the boss of Arizona. And you know that states have so much power here in here in America. Not a lot comes from federal government. Not a lot comes from the president or the White House. The states have control over their own... Uh, I mean, it's kind of, in a way, a bit like being devolved government, isn't it, in the UK? But on steroids, much more so. So the governor, Doug Ducey, said, I'm not going to have a mask mandate, but I'm going to allow the mayors of the cities and the counties around Arizona, so the mayor of Phoenix, the the kind of head of Maricopa County, which is a big county that covers these areas, they can make their own decisions. And there's a lot of kind of buck passing I find in the States. No one wants to stick their head up and say, actually, I think we should do this in the way that Biden's done since she's been in. Because you know, especially under Republican rule, there's a lot of, we don't want the state to become too big. They don't want, you know, freedom, America, don't tell us what to do. You know, there is there is constant rhetoric around that. Only God can tell me what to do is, is a thing I hear a lot. So Doug Ducey has turned around and said, yeah, mayors and, mayors and kind of uh, other dignitaries, you can make your own decision. So the mayor of Tucson, the mayor of Flagstaff, another big city in Arizona said, there's going to be a mask mandate for when you're out and about. you got to wear your mask. Doug Ducey has now banned officials making those decisions. So he's banned mask mandates. So those mayors have actually turned around and gone, well, stuff you, mate. I'm still doing it. Sue me then, because we're, again, such a litigious country. So it's been a very strange feeling here. But now I walk into a restaurant or a cafe or a shop and people go, take your mask off if you want. Take it off if you want. You don't have to wear it. The governor says you don't have to wear it. And I'm like, no, you're all right. But so many people now are ripping them off and going, you see, no one can tell me what to do. 
it's a very different vibe to the one you've just described, where it's very mm. measured and respectful and it kind of, like I said, laboratory conditions, whereas here it's like, pfft, whatever, take it off. It is. And we've also got, you know, we're just short of 50 to 50% of the UK population have had their first vaccination. Mm. I've just had my notification for my second, you know, so maybe there's a, a bit of that in here. I, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. So well, we're around the same. We're around the same. I think just over a quarter have had both jabs. I've had both. I had my second last week. So uh, the, the thing is here, I think there's a, I don't know what the anti-vax position is in the UK, but here there's a lot of people absolutely adamantly refusing to have one um, because they're not going to inject themselves with Chinese nanotechnology seems to be the, um, <laughs> the, the fact <laughs> that they believe. And, um, you know, some people might have in their own heads valid reasons for not having the vaccine. But um, it's interesting, again, to see how here in the States, the people who are choosing not to have the vaccination if you look at the breakdown by political party, which is what it always comes down to here, there was, um, I think, 5% of the people who refused to have a vaccination were, well, 5% of Democrats. So Joe Biden's party said they weren't going to have the vaccination. There was a bunch of independent and libertarian candidates and they're like like people who believed in those those political systems said they weren't going to have him. I can't remember the exact officials on that, but 44% Republican and you think, well, my gosh, they have just had four years of a man sort of denouncing science and, and uh, calling it China virus and the like. So in a way, it's not surprising. It's just dismaying, right? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so we shall see. But I'm, you know, I'm really excited and interested to hear how that goes, Simone. And we can catch up this time next week for a full debrief as well. But I do feel a bit anxious as well. It's, you know, a year ago, we couldn't imagine not going to an event and now we can't imagine going to one again so it's going to take a while it's a bit like falling in love it takes a while to get there right and I've had two face-to-face meetings in the last day or so so I think that kind of um has has warmed warmed me up a little bit so and you know um yeah and I I, you know we're big advocates aren't we both of us of the the events industry and and the culture industry so I I feel like I'm I'm playing my part um as a human events guinea pig no I I know (laughs) I will report back Ms Walker report back (laughs) let's get some life lessons going on shall we because I'm really excited to hear this week from a woman who well she's she's media and engagement executive at the woman's org I shall say no more than that she's a bit of a sort of sleb and influencer herself. Tell us about her. She really is Cynthia Ajaye um, and she also featured on our NPW Live podcast series um, and she is a super creative. Uh, she loves to communicate, connect with people. Uh, she works at the Women's Org as you mentioned mm-hmm. and she's a freelance event host, podcaster and YouTuber. I don't know when she finds the time to put it all in as well as recording her life lessons. Here's Cynthia. Hello, my name is Cynthia Ajayi and I am a media and engagement executive at the Women's Organisation. When have you felt fear and done it anyway? I would say um, I've probably felt fear when I was launching my YouTube channel. Um, so I was really fearful um, of what people would think of of what um, I would talk about or would I even be successful? So I think that's one of the things that kind of kept me in fear. But I decided to just kind of do it in fear anyway, because I know it's something that I always wanted to do. Um, and I think it's best to try something, even if you're scared, because a lot of the times, 
sometimes you realize at the end that it wasn't as scary as you thought and so once I launched and once I started doing my YouTube channel I realized actually it wasn't as scary as I thought and I was able to overcome it so I would just say do it with fear anyway and you'll see it's not as bad as you thought what has surprised you about working life um, I think what has surprised me about working life is probably how much value we put into the work that we do. I don't think, um, you know, the work that you do isn't important. It is important. You're contributing to a company or a business or a hospital, wherever you work. But what I think is so important is that we should not glue our identity or our value to the work that we do. Um, I think that's a separate entity. Um, and wherever you're at, even if you're working as a cleaner or a sales assistant, it doesn't mean that you're going to be there forever. It doesn't mean that that shows the level of importance that you are I think you're important regardless of what you do so I think that's what surprised me of how quickly we can attach the value of who we are to our job when we shouldn't because what we do isn't who we are it's part of um, you know things that we do but it doesn't define who we are so I think that's so important to remember when has failure turned out to be a positive experience? I would say when I launched my business because I launched my business um, because I was out of work for six months, um, but the business wasn't successful, although I got the support and help I needed. I realized at the end that actually it wasn't what I wanted to really do. And I think I just felt like it was my only option because I wasn't working. But however, in that failure, I was still able to get the job um, and be in the organization that I am in now because of what I learned setting up my business. So even though my business was a failure, I still was able to gain something that led me to my next position. So I would always say that failure is never the end. There is always something that you can learn from failure. You only fail when you stop. Um, but if you learn something from that experience, you're able to bring it into wherever you're going to next or you're able to really gain something from it that you wouldn't have if you didn't fail. Have you ever had to deal with workplace bullying? Um, yes, I did in my previous organisation that I worked with. Um, I did experience a bit of bullying, but I think I didn't recognise it as bullying. I just started thinking maybe it was something that I was doing and the way that I was behaving and um, maybe I needed to do more. Maybe I needed to work harder kind of thing. And I didn't really realise that it was bullying because I would leave the organisation feeling down, feeling, you know, that I wasn't valued, that I wasn't important. But looking back now, what I would have done is, um, you know, I would have shared it with family and friends and got support from them and I also would have spoken to a manager and just or find somebody I could trust in the organization that I felt that I could share what I was experiencing and what was going on and and you know feel valued and feel seen as well and because I'm it's important to know that you are valued and um, you are seen so I would say go and find help speak to someone about it don't be silent about it um, because you you never know what's going on and you never know how you can support and help others what are my top tips for making presentations either in a company or at a conference? The main thing I would say, the tip that I would give is preparation. Preparation is so important. You might have the slickest presentation in the world, but if you haven't prepped for it, if you haven't practiced, then it's just not going to come over as well. Because I think, you know, as they say, um, 
you know, preparation really makes things wonderful. And so I think if you go through your presentation, you've got it, you've put it together, go through it, make sure you know what each slide is, what you're going to say, how you're going to present it. I think that helps build your confidence. Definitely if you're not a confident person in a given presentation, it helps build your confidence. It helps make sure that, you know, you're not going to be surprised with whatever information is on the slide and then fumble and forget what you're saying. So my main tip would be for presentations, prepare, prepare, prepare. Thank you so, so much to Cynthia for your fantastic life lessons. Really great to hear from you. I love the fact that obviously with her roles, I mean, she's got a multitude of roles. I think it's called a multi-hyphen career, isn't it? When you're sort of a master of various different things. But I love the fact that she took the question about making a presentation in a company or at a conference and just talking about preparation. I am always amazed how many people come to me and say, oh, I really want to present this or do that. What's your advice? And I'm like, spend 10 times the amount of time you're going to be on stage prepping for it. So I love the fact that as a professional, she, uh, Cynthia has advocated that as well. What did you enjoy? I, I think it was more, it was sort of more struck me as about, have you ever had to deal with workplace bullying? Mm. Um, and I've had a conversation with somebody this week about sort of calling out certain behaviour and it was the fact that Cynthia did not recognise it as, as bullying. This was not a, this was a, a previous employer to where she is yeah. now. And she automatically thought it was because it was something that she was doing and the what she the way she was behaving. Yeah. Should she work harder, you know? Um, and it was almost that joining the dots, you know, joining the dots and thinking, oh my gosh, actually. Now this is gaslighting, exactly. It is, mm. you know, you know, she'd feel the organization feeling down, wasn't valued, important. Um um, you know, and again, it's 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 hard that she's looking back now. I, you know, I, I would have shared it with my family and friends and got support, but I just I couldn't find necessarily someone I, you know, mm. that could help me do that. You know, so I think this is where it's really important to to call, you know, to call things out or find your allies or find your your sort of your 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 squad around you to to kind of help you sort of through through those situations but that did that did um sort of strike me 100% and and again the whole I love that when you felt the fear and done it anyway you know when she was using the YouTube channel super accomplished super achieving super articulate yet again really fearful of what people would think um you know what the heck about she going to talk about would it be successful and she just decided to do it because it was always something. She stuck to her beliefs, didn't she? So do it even if you're scared. So thank you, Cynthia. And success is something that I think we all fear we won't achieve. And I think the question often to ask yourself is, well, define success. Define success. And I think in the, in the world that we live in, where there's likes on Instagram and views on YouTube and downloads on podcasts, we might go, well, hang on a minute, but that person's got 100 likes on their picture and I've only got 10 on mine. Therefore, I'm only 10% as good as they are. Well, we know that's not the case. And that's what we have to talk to our children about all the time when they maybe see things like that as they're starting to get into social media. But I always think about the fact that music that really, really does it for me, music that changes my life, music that inspires me or makes me feel a certain way or gets me through bad times or whatever it might be, is not necessarily the kind of, as my nana would say, number one on the hit parade type music. You know, it isn't, no disrespect Westlife, you're good boys, but it's not Westlife that particularly inspires me. It might be a little band that would only fill a tiny room as opposed to a massive arena. 
to me, they're so much more important and to me than, than Westlife. But you go, what's success? One sold millions of albums, one sold a few hundred thousand, one better than the other. So I always think of, no, don't value yourself on volume because that's a game you are always going to be trying to kind of run to keep up with yourself. And there's no point. Think about how it's impacting even just one person. Although Westlife would always win on the key changes. (laughs) And the standing up from stools. Uh, So there you go. No, they're good boys, but I've never, I've never, yeah, I've never made a big decision in my life after listening to a Westlife song. Maybe I have. Anyway, thank you so much, Cynthia. There was so much in there. Practical stuff, heartwarming stuff, inspiring. So really do appreciate you. And of course, as we say it every week, we would love to hear from you. All you need to do, please, is send us an email, podcast at northernpowerwomen.com. Simone is currently doing the miming of a typing that's what she's doing. She's miming the typing action. And you've actually just done, what was that called on a typewriter when you push the thing to the end? The carriage return. Carriage return. My mum used to teach typing for years. She was amazing at it. The gene did not get passed down to me. Carriage <laughs> return. Sort of things now our children would look at that and go, what's that? Typewriter, Ca- what? <laughs> and carriage return with a bing. Bing. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. And the fact you could just keep typing off the edge of the page if you didn't have that. Zoom. Fantastic. For any of you under the age of 40, you'll probably just exited this call or Google it. <laughs> Google it. Google typewriter. That was actually quite beautiful. I always think of Murder, She Wrote, the opening sequence with Jessica Fletcher <laughs> on a typewriter. Should we get some high fives? Come on. Every week we do oh. this. We love to hear from you. <laughs> We're still having a tough old time out there. So what is the one thing that's made you smile, brought you joy? You want to give props to somebody? What do we got this week, Simone? Well, Cynthia, she kicked us off and she was, she wanted to high five the fact that she is so grateful for a safe home to be able to work from and to share with her husband. Aww. You know, uh, we've got Amy Lou Sykes, uh, one of our future lists on Instagram. She shouted out one of her awesome colleagues was shortlisted for the We Are The City Rising A Star Awards, which were the, uh, the shortlist was announced last Monday. Katie Wood is high-fiving having dinner in a restaurant. Not done it yet. Not done it myself yet. Not even done a beer garden outside or anything like that. But yes, Katie, what did you have to eat? Please tell us. Um, I'm high-fiving Northern Power Man, inspired by Noah Mason last week, Aww. having run his, uh, his, his 100 miles. Northern Power Man walked from Liverpool at half past five on Sunday morning to Southport, <gasps> 25 wow. miles. Wow. I know. Wow. Blisters galore. Was that, for a, was that went, just apropos of nothing? Was it because it's there? It, it was because he heard. He was like, oh, oh, you know, I, I, I'll I, do something, you know. So, oh. and, he, and he did it. And then he's like, we'll have to do it together. I said, I don't think we'll be doing it in five and a half hours. It'll be more like a whinging, <laughs> whiny seven or eight. <laughs> um, and I'm going to reserve my, my big high five over the week for... Massive friend of Northern Power Women, which is Professor Jane Turner OBE, who this week launched uh, her Power of Women campaign for Teesside. Now, this is something that we spoke about three years ago when we were on a Newcastle Power Circle. And we tried to do this through Northern Power Women in, in you know, in coordination. And then just as we were launching the Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign, COVID hit. So Jane's like, you know what, I'm going to kickstart this in Teesside. Teesside, there was a report 
thought a couple of years back that Middlesbrough was the worst place for young girls to grow up and also mm. in the top 10 was Hartlepool. So Professor Jane was on BBC Look North in the North East this week launching this Power of Women which is all about role models for young girls. So we totally advocate for that. You know, women are paid 12% less in, in Tees, Tees Valley and equally there are 50% less entrepreneurs. So she wants to reach out and find those role models. So, and, and uh, you know, Professor Jane is poorly. You know, she's, yeah. she's got ovarian, uh, late stage ovarian cancer and she's like, I want to do this while I can. I do not have time to hang around, so I'm doing it. So I, I would give that woman a high five every day. 100%. And especially giving uh, Professor Jane a high five this week. So please check it out. The Power of Women campaign, um, all about role models, which is obviously what we're about. So we totally advocate. High five, Professor Jane. I just high five her anyway, because she's yeah. she's a badass. She's an amazing, amazing woman. And uh, if you have time to go back through previous episodes of the Northern Power Women podcast, you'll find my interview I did with her, gosh, a couple of years ago now, but just fantastic woman. Love her work. Thank you so, so much. Look, before we head off into the into the sunset, just a quick one. I just wanted to put it out there. Why in nearly May 2021, after 15, 16 months of the pandemic, are we still having Zoom fails? Why are we still having Zoom fails? And I just want to share this week. Oh my gosh, my friend messaged me saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. She was on a group call with herself and four colleagues. And the manager, for some reason, maybe didn't think her camera was on, although she could see everyone else and she should have seen that her camera was on, started to pluck hairs out of her face, up close and personal, on on the Zoom call and everyone's sitting there going, uh, we don't know what to say because this is a really intimate thing you're doing. And it's really up close and we're seeing sort of up your nose as you're doing this. And she was messaging me going, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I don't want to kind of embarrass her and call her out in front of everybody. But then she didn't have her mobile number on her. She couldn't message her and go, stop doing that. Please do check that your cameras are off or just make sure you you cover your camera up with a little bit like I've just done with my finger or a post-it note. Please stop having Zoom fails. <laughs> we can't cope with it anymore. Oh my gosh, I, I love that. I no, absolutely love I that. The and I do, I've just been on a Teams call earlier and I'm like, is my camera on? I'm like, Simone, you just have to look and see if the green light is showing on yes. the top of your... There's the clue. There is There's the clue. But sometimes we don't believe it. No. We don't believe it sometimes. <laughs> I don't believe it's off. I, I, I always presume it is on and then if it's off, whatever. But always presume it's on. Goodness me. Bless her. Right. Well, listen, thank you so, so much for listening. It's always great to have you along with us. We're here every Monday, of course, uh, talking about life and work and everything in between. We'd love to know what you'd like to discuss. Do get in touch. Podcast at northernpowerwomen.com. She's Simone Roche. I'm Sam Walker. The next episode is coming your way. Oh, my gosh. Are you ready for me to say these words, Simone? The 3rd of May the 3rd of May is the next episode. Until then, thanks for listening. The Northern Power Women podcast is a What Goes On Media production. Ooh.